But tonight, <clears throat> I want you to imagine for a second. I mean, y'all ain't gonna be all the way back there, you know. Y'all can come up a little bit, you know. Like, I mean, you know. I want you to imagine for a second. Some of you are homeschooled, so you wouldn't. This would not apply to you. But I want you to think of those who are in school for a second. I want you to picture the first day of school. All right, picture the first day of school. You enter your classroom. You look at everyone, then you walk over to some kid who you never met and said, hi, we're going to be best friends. I have a great plan for us this year. Today we're going to eat lunch together, and then you can come over to my house after school, and this weekend we're going to do a sleepover. Next week I'll go over to your house and we'll play video games. During Christmas break we'll hang out, do everything. It's going to be a great year. We're doing, we're going to be great friends. This is not a usual way to make friends. Can you imagine that person coming to you on the first day of school and say, Hey Mike, me and you can be best friends from now till the day we die. We've never met before. We're going to do all these things. I'm going to make all these plans for you. You know, you got, you're going to come over to my house and sleep over. I'm going to come over to your house. And, you know, we haven't even thought about, first of all, what is your name? You know, hi, what's your name? But that's sometimes something we would never do. But tonight we want to look at our personal relationship with God. And tonight I want this to really be focused between you and God. Everything should be between you and God. But tonight is really focused on God, and the title is Me and God. Me and God, or God and I, whatever you want to say, me and God, right? Me and God. Where does God fit in your daily life? Where does God fit as we go throughout our busy lives? Your personal worship with God is the same. As we think of personal worship, this is what it is. Personal time set aside by a Christian express praise love and appreciation for God. But we have a personal worship, personal time set aside by a Christian to express praise, love, and appreciation for God. You know, too many times in our lives we think of worship as what we do here at church. We think that this is what worship is. What we just did, when we come to church on Sunday, that is worship. And we forget the whole aspect of personal worship with God. And we're going to look at some different aspects of personal worship because I think sometimes we think of worship, the things that come to our mind is when we sing songs. Or when we, you know, come to church. This is worship. But this is technically a place of worship. Tonight we want to look at different things and we have to understand some. First of all, as we think of a trait. Let me ask you a question. What are some traits of God? What are some characteristics of God? What are some characteristics of God? God is what? Y'all got to talk loud. I can't hear, I can't hear the generator. Just. Patient. Wow, we got about it? Sufficient. All sufficient? All right. I didn't hear the first five, but loud. Loving. God is a lot of things. He has a, a lot of characteristics. He is special. He is holy. Exodus 15, 11 says this. 
Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? The question is this, what can we compare God to? Absolutely nothing. Let me ask a question. How many of your parents have failed you? How many of your friends have failed you? How many, have, how many times have I failed you? I failed you at times. Faith, you raise your hand. I need your you see, the problem is we put our faith in people. But God is saying, look, who is like me? Who is like God? There is no one like Him. There is no one holy. What does holy mean? What is holy? Set apart, right? Nothing like it. Perfect. There's nothing like God. That's the God we worship. I made a question. When you think of God, and you think of nothing like Him, can you really describe Him? If we had to go around the room and try to describe God, you know what? We would run out of words to try to describe Him because He is indescribable. We can't, get, we can't describe God. Yes, we can say He's these type of things, but we cannot get to fully what God is. You know, one thing I, I like about Moses, Moses had a special relationship with God. Moses actually saw God. He talked with him face to face. Can you imagine talking to God face to face? We also know something else that Moses in the fiery bush, right? What happened? What did he have to do? You remember? He had to take off his feet. He had to take off his shoes, right? He couldn't take off his feet. He had to take off his shoes. He had to take off his shoes because he realized it was on holy ground. This ground was different than any other. You see, God is a special God. God is set apart. He is above everything. Second thing is this, torment. We need to confess our sin to God. As we think of our daily quiet time, these are some things that we need to understand. Because first of all, we need to understand that God is holy. He is just. He is set apart. But we need to understand something too that we all struggle with, and that is sin. This is something that we probably don't like to do. One thing I appreciate about David, as we're going to see in Psalm 51, look at Psalm 139, verse 23, 24, says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Let me ask a question. If God looked in your heart, what type of person would he see? I don't want you to answer that. You realize what David is saying here? God, look at me. Search the bottom of my heart. Search everything in me. You see, we're all honest in this room. You know God would see? A dirty, sinful being. Prideful. That's what God would see. When you think of David, what do you think about? What do you think about David? What, do you, what are some things you think about David? A man out of God's own heart. Let me ask a question. But David, a perfect man? By far, right? What did he do? He killed, he murdered, committed adultery. What are some other things he did? He did some good things. He killed Goliath. But you know one thing that we forget David did? 
He confessed his sin to God. Psalm 51 says this, Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart. This is what David's crying out. God, look at my heart. Look at my life. See the sin in me. Create in me a new heart. You see, if we're all honest in this room, there's been times in our lives where we think, you know what? We have it all together. You know, I want to ask you a question. And I want you to think of your weekly or even your daily life. How much time do you really spend with God? You know, we've tried to encourage quiet time, spending time in God's Word. But how many of you are really spending time at home in God's Word? You see, we can do this on a weekly basis. But if you don't want to spend personal time with God, it really is not going to matter. How many of you have felt lost from God? You felt like God wasn't nowhere around you. Anyone ever been there? You felt like God wasn't nowhere around you? You know when I felt like that the most? When I'm not spending time in God's Word. When I feel like, you know what? I just feel like God is so far away from me because you know why? I'm not spending time with Him. Let me ask you a question. If, if you want to have a relationship, and I'm going to pick on you guys, if you want to have a relationship with a girl, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Tell her you like her? You ain't going to send her a note and say, I like you. Do you like me? Circle yes, no. And then they cross out and say, maybe. You're not going to do that, right? What are you going to do? You're going to get to know them, right? You're going to get to know them. You're going to spend time with them. You know, before I married my wife, I had to get to know her. I had to spend time with her. I don't think Tamsin just said, I mean, although she probably said it about me, but anyway. I don't think Tamsin just saw me one day and said, I want to marry that boy. We got to know each other. You know, I've been in a long-distance relationship. Michael and Pam long-distance relationship, so they could tell you a little bit more. You, get to, you have to talk to each other, communication. Same thing with God. If we say we're in a relationship with God, we got to spend time with Him. we got to get to know Him better. How can I really know God and seek out to Him if I have sin in my life? I can't. And that's why David understood, look, I'm going to confess my sin. Lord, create in me a new heart. Create a new spirit in me. I need you, Lord, because I can't do this on my own. You see, we got sin. There's no way that, you know, we can get through. Thirdly, as we think of torment, confess sins to God. Thirdly, we think of tunes. Tunes. Sing songs to God. Sing songs to God. How many of you ever like sit home sometime and just sing by yourself? Anyone ever sing by themselves? I have to because no one else wants to be around me when I'm singing. But no, you sing songs. Some of you will put on your favorite CD, whether it be... I don't even know no new groups nowadays, so I can't even talk. But 
you put on those new Taylor Swift. Anyone Taylor Swift fans in there? Any Taylor Swift fans? All right. Lauren's a Taylor Swift fan. Any Katy Perry? Any Katy Perry? No Katy Perry? What are some, what are some, you know, and I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in, I'm not Drake. Any Drake? Anyone like Drake? Jay-Z? Jay-Z's finished. No, but we sing tunes. I'm showing my age, ain't I? Huh? We're going to get to that point. All right? We sing tunes. But how many of those songs that we sing is to God? That God will be pleased with it. Psalm 66 says this, Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of His name. Give to Him glorious praise. You see, we can sing, and I can tell you the truth. Sometimes I'm in my car and I know people next to me look like me, look at me and think I'm, something's wrong with me. Because I be in, you know, how many of you have ever pulled up next to somebody and you can just see them jam into a song and you just think to yourself, uh, you realize you're in public? Anyone ever been there? You know, you like see the person like just busting a tune and yeah, like, you know, you know, like they got the, everything going and then all of a sudden, you look at them and they realize you're looking at them like, oh, you know, they realize they're very embarrassed. You see, when we sing praises to God, it shouldn't matter. We don't have to just sing praises to God here at church. We can sing praises to Him all the time. You see, we need to make sure we spend time with Him. We need to make sure that, look here, God, I don't care who's watching me. I'm going to sing praises to you no matter what. I want you to just think about this for a second. How many of you actually, and don't raise your hands, you actually listen to God-honoring songs outside of youth group or church. And you can actually say, you know what? I listen to things that are edifying to God. Or do you fill your minds with a bunch of junk? You see, too many times we let ourselves be able to have a bunch of junk in our minds. Fourthly, we talk. We pray to God. You know, we in our quiet time books, we have a spot where we can actually write prayer requests. And I think too many times, you know, what happens in, in, in the Christian circles is this. If I give you my prayer requests, sometimes you know what it ends up being? Gossip for other people. You know, I could tell faith, faith, I want you to pray for this thing in my life. And then faith goes to, and now that's something between me and faith to pray to God. But then faith goes to Lauren and tells Lauren this story. He says, well, Nicholas is, man, you should hear what he told me to pray for him. And, you know, I don't know what's wrong with him. How can he be a youth pastor? You know, he's what he, no, you know. Then Lauren goes to the next person, the next person, and you know what ends up? Bunch of gossip. You know what they say about a church? If you want to find out gossip, come to church. And it's sad, because that's not what we're supposed to do. The Bible tells us to bring our prayers to our brothers and sisters to help them pray for us, their requests. Not so they could gossip about us, but so they could pray for us. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find it. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. 
You see, we have to understand that a lot of times people will take that verse and, and, and try to twist it. Well, you know what? If I ask for a million dollars, God's going to give it to me. Or you know, if I claim that car in the name of Jesus, I'm going to get that car. That's not what it's talking about. What it's talking about is this. Go to God with your prayers, with your requests. God is going to answer your prayers, but guess what? He may not answer your prayers the way you want Him to answer it. How many of y'all prayed for a sick loved one that they would get better, that they'd be healed, but they ended up dying? It's reality. Does that mean that God didn't love or He doesn't you know, respect your prayers? No. But God's will could be done, not your will. The next, next verse. First Timothy 2, 1 says, First of all then, I urge you supplication and prayers, intercession, thanks can be made for all people. For kings and all who are in high position that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. You see, we need to recognize that we need to write our prayer requests down. Ask people to pray for us. And if people come to us and, and say, I want you to pray for me, that doesn't mean you go to another person and try to gossip about them. Fifthly, or fifth, thanks. Give thanks to God. Psalm 104 says this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Let me ask a question. When's the last time you actually gave God thanks that you can actually see, hear? Anyone ever gave thanks for that, that you could actually see and hear, smell? These are things we take for granted every day. You know, when I come to work almost every morning, it, it breaks my heart that I see a, this, this boy has to be about six or seven years old. He goes right to Palmdale Primary, and he's in a wheelchair. His mom is carrying him to school in a wheelchair. And I think to myself, that boy's got a tough life. To be six or seven years old and be in a wheelchair. That's pretty sad. You know, he can see, and, and, I, and I actually think I've seen this boy other places, but he doesn't allow that to, he still looks happy. He still looks happy in them circumstances. But do you know what a lot of us would do if that was us? We would complain. Why me, God? Why, why did it have to happen to me? Give thanks to God. Philippians 4, 6 says this, Do not be anxious or anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So give God thanks. Thank Him. Thank Him for, for just breath in your lungs. You know, we live in a country right now where when you wake up in the morning, you got to be thankful. When you hear different murders happening, accidents, power going out. You know, me and um, Chris was actually having a conversation about a week ago. And I don't know about you guys. How many of y'all went to Diana Conference? Anyone went to Diana Conference at all? But you know what after the Diana Conference what, what made me think about? 
we complain about all these frivolous things, like lights being on and things like that. But there are people on the other side of the world dying every day because they say they know Christ as their Savior. But we complain about the smallest things in life. We don't even give God thanks for the freedom that we have. You ever thought of that? That someone could come in here right now and shoot us all dead if we say we love Jesus Christ? How many of us would really say, I love Jesus Christ? No matter if a gun was put to our head. I don't want you to raise your hand. Because I can be honest, if I, when I was your age, I don't know if I would have done it. I can be honest, I don't know if I would have done it. What do you mean? I'm young, man. I, ain't, I don't want to die. But you know what? That's the only thing that matters. To know that Jesus Christ is pleased with me. Six. You got to think. Meditate on the Word of God. James 1.25 says this. But the one who looks into the perfect law, which is the Word of God, the law of liberty, perseveres, being a no hearer who begets, but a dare who acts. He will be blessed in his doing. How many times do we get God's Word and we just do it out of a habit? You know, we get this, this thing on our phone that comes up and we just read this one-minute devotional and we think we've done our God duty for the day. Instead of really meditating on God's Word, studying it, letting it really penetrate our lives. That's what we really should be doing. Let God's Word meditate. Too many times we just read it and want to get over it. And I'm guilty of that. And I got I gotta, I gotta other things I got to do. I want to give you a statistic that I heard this week. 70% of seminary students, you know what seminary students are? People who go to a college who basically are big theology, people who go and study God's Word. It says 70% of them do not have a daily devotional time with God. 70% of those people who are pursuing to be pastors or theologians, they don't have a personal relationship with God. Not a pers personal devotional time with God. Why? Because they look at God's Word as education purpose only. That's it. They're not really meditating on letting God's Word change them. Lastly, take notes. Take notes. Anyone in this room ever read something in the Bible and you had no clue what it meant? <laughs> you were like, uh, what does that mean? Take notes. If you don't know what it means, take a note. Ask somebody who you may think knows. You could ask me. I can't guarantee you I know the answer. But I will try to find you the answer. You could almost go into Google and ask Google anything even about the Bible sometimes, and Google will tell you the right answer from someone's perspective. Today we have no excuse. Because we have so many different tools that we can use. But the question is, how, many times do we, how much time do we put into studying God's Word? Take notes. James 1.24 says, But he looks at himself and goes away and once forgets what he looks like. How many of y'all spend a lot of time in front of the mirror to make sure you look good? 
All the, don't, don't, to be honest, you know, so we got a couple of you to raise your hands. You go to the mirror. Let's be honest. You go on big zit in the forehead. You know, you ain't gonna leave that on there, right? What you gonna do? You gonna burst that bond. You ain't want no one to see that, you know? Basically what it's saying is this. People, they look in, they don't even look at, they, they look at the mirror and they turn away and they forget how they look. That's pretty sad. But that's what we do with God's Word. The last verse. Or is it, that's the last one. Alright, answers for life. According to Jesus, what is the most important commandment? Luke 2.27 says, And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love God with absolutely everything. Do we really love God with everything? Do we truly say, you know what? I don't care if I have everything taken away from me. Once I have God, I have all I need. That's a tough question to answer. But we got to really ask ourselves that question. Do we truly love God with everything? Is that what we truly are? Do we truly love Him? So tonight I want to challenge you. I want to ask you this question. Do you have a personal time with God? Do you really want to get to know God more? How are we supposed to worship God? John 4, 24 says this, 23, But this hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in truth and spirit. You see, God is looking for true worshipers. He's not looking for people to play games with Him. You know, we come to church, and, and let me tell you something. The problem with the church is this. They say the church is what? Full of what? Hypocrites. The question tonight is this. Are we one of those hypocrites? That we come to church on a weekly basis, and we say, you know what? I'm God. You know what? I'm here for you. I'm ready to worship you whether... Anyone else is worshiping you, it's between me and you. I'm a true worshiper of God. I worship you in spirit and truth. I don't care what anyone else says or does. Or do we look at people sometimes and think, hmm, boy, huh, boy, yes, boy, he, he raising his hand in church today, boy. You ain't, why you stop that, boy? You see, worship is something between who? Me and God. That's what God's looking for. God's looking for true worshipers. Are we going to be true worshipers? Are we really going to say, you know what, God, whatever you want, I'm willing to do. That's what he's looking for. So tonight, I want to challenge you. Think about your life and ask yourself, am I a true worshiper? Do I genuinely have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Because if you don't, you need to get things right with God. And recognize that, you know what, no matter what, no matter what happens in life, God wants a relationship with you. We can't give God our second best or half of us. That's all of us. Every piece of us. And tonight you may be holding something back from God. I don't know. But God, you could have this part, but you can't everything. 
challenge you tonight. If there's something you're holding back, give it to him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, we pray that you continue to be on in all that we do. And I thank you for how much you love us, that you would send your son Jesus to die for us. And we just pray that you continue to be on in the rest of this evening. In Jesus' name, amen.